not to think. It was best to prepare. Father's offices in London had already sent the travel papers. She was a very lucky girl. She could have been traveling alone. The newly built transatlantic railway station in Hamburg was like nothing Rosalind had ever seen in her life and she had seen more than her fair share of grand railroad stations over the years. All the boring professional commentary tended to ruin this simple appreciation of their architectural beauty. That and the waiting crowds of newspaper reporters that always seemed to be on hand whenever Father had taken her sightseeing. There was something of the old Grand Central Station in the railway's private depot at Hamburg, and the façade was reminiscent of the Gare du Nord in Paris. Though perhaps it would have been better to say that the Louvre had been its inspiration. The interior was a glamorous palace of polished wood, marble, and brass. Countless waiting rooms, restaurants, and parlors for entertainment were spread out alongside the grand concourse that led from the entrance to the ticket windows and finally to the platform. Despite the tremendous grandeur of the surroundings, the passengers struck Rosalind as unimpressed, more focused on one another. The crowd was thick and spirited, with people pushing and shoving in a desperate attempt to catch sight of some dignitary or actress. Cecily had been right to call this an event. Rosalind laughed at the crowd's antics, but at the same time she found herself craning her neck to hear passers-by as they spoke, searching for any hint of an American accent. Perhaps she was homesick. She pressed on toward the train arm-in-arm with Cecily. The two were dressed identically, except for Cecily's oversized hat. Rosalind was very grateful Cecily hadn't insisted upon that match. The mass of silk and feathers looked like an animal that might pounce at any moment. Charles followed behind them, giving instructions to his valet, Harris, a rather serious-looking fellow who, as ever, wore a dark suit and gray trousers. He nodded slightly at everything Charles said, as if to reassure his master that he was listening, though for all Rosalind knew he may not have been. Cecily's maid, a young girl named Doris, brought up the rear, seemingly ignored by everyone but Rosalind. If they had been leaving Pittsburgh instead of Hamburg, Rosalind might have struck up a conversation with the girl. But how could she? In London, she'd learned engaging the servants for any reason other than servitude simply wasn't done. At least, not at the Devere household. Besides, Rosalind had to look after herself. She'd already been very nearly stampeded by a trio of newspaper men in pursuit of some hapless theater star. It's rather exciting, isn't it? Cecily whispered. It's certainly rather something, Rosalind answered. I've never seen such a crowd. That's a good thing, though, isn't it? Cecily said, her eyes darting. It means that your father is going to be fabulously successful and build more of these all across the world. And that means you'll be able to come and visit us all the time. She paused for a moment. Oh, so I assume. Rosalind laughed. She wanted to believe it, 
What if it was true? What if the railway really was such a success? Father might become the talk of Europe and beyond, and if that happened, well, anything could happen. Father might become so successful he wouldn't need to parade his family in front of the press every time he built a new railroad or developed a new locomotive engine. I might be able to do what I want, Rosalind thought. To go where I want. A rich father preoccupied with his success might let his daughter do as she pleased, regardless of what her mother thought about it. Rosalind would have to marry eventually, but there would be plenty of time to travel the world with Cecily before then. With Charles as their chaperone. Oh my word, Cecily suddenly exclaimed. What? Rosalind asked, alarmed.